0: Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're back with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo at REMAX, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. We're here every Sunday talking about real estate. Sometimes you might talk a little bit about hockey, you know, celebrating (laughs) our... uh, our back-to-back champions here in Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, the Lightning. Man, we're just like we—we we are the champions here in Tampa. And I was—I was actually at the arena this week shooting some new TV commercials. that should be coming out. Pretty excited about uh, how they came out. Um, you know, they—I they, thought they came out really cool. And it was just neat being in the. It was very surreal being in an empty arena with the ice still down of the Stanley Cup champion Lightning. So, uh, so look for those new TV commercials uh, coming out soon about our 14-day guarantee, get your home sold in 14 days, get an off, an instant cash offer. So Mike, um, we've got an insane seller's market going on right now yes. in, in, uh, in Tampa Bay real estate. And so, you know, a lot of times when these, these markets, they're so intense come around, um, they, they bring their own challenges. And one of the challenges that wasn't mentioned in the article that I think is super relevant is when there, when there are bidding wars and when things are so intense it it causes the emotional level of the transaction to be raised Um, a lot of frustrating things between agents a lot of angst a lot of pressure um, a lot of being told no because you lost an offer and it just amps things up to where transactions can sometimes go sideways because the emotions are so high when these bidding wars, quick closings, when all this has to come into play, it just calls co- it puts a lot of extra pressure on a process that's already pretty emotional.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it does. And it is, you know, most people only buy a house, I think on average, five to seven times in in their lifetime. So it's not something they do every day. You and I do this every day. So we're used to it. But um, so it is an emotional time and there's a lot going on. Um, sometimes you're moving, you know, from out of state, you got kids in school getting everything aligned. And so it's already a stressful experience. And then to make it as hot of a market as it is today, it, uh, it, it certainly has increased uh, the amount of uh, pressure and intensity that goes on during a transaction.
0: So let's talk about some other things that um, are problematic in the real estate transaction in this uh, type of competitive seller's market. The first thing is home buyers are waiving the home inspection. Now, logically, you might look at this as a seller and think, oh, that's a bonus. Right. Then I don't have the risk of the deal canceling, and I don't have the home buyer making me give them money or do repairs for closings. This sounds like a total win-win for me. It's less of a risk. If they're not going to do the inspection, um, then, then it's less of a hassle for me. Here's the problem. Um, and and uh, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. America is very litigious. Yes. Um, we are a litigious society. Real estate is a litigious industry. And when um, there's no inspection done, and a seller's disclosure doesn't, indicate that something's wrong with a house, and then it's found out afterwards that there was something wrong, the buyer looks to seek a remedy somehow. And and the remedy a lot of times is they sue the seller saying the seller knew about it and they want money now. So what what may look like a a win for the seller that they don't have to deal with the inspection or the hoops to jump through turns into a bigger ordeal when the buyer lawyers up and says, "Mr. Seller, you didn't tell me that, you know, the uh, the the ice maker wasn't working, or <laughs> you know that there was a leak in the pool, or the roof leaked, or whatever, and now we're going to prove that you knew and you're going to pay my attorney fees." And it, it's 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 causing a lot of post-closing litigation, because the the what I call almost like the report of the blueprint for a home buyer's first year of ownership isn't available to them. They did not get a home inspection. so They didn't get credits. They didn't get to renegotiate. They didn't get to know what was wrong with the house. And they find out afterwards, and they want to, like so many people in society, they want to blame the seller. Even though they waived the home inspection, they want to blame somebody instead of looking in the mirror. So a lawsuit happens. And, and those can be very, very, very frustrating. Um, so, you know, a lot of times the seller disclosures don't mention it because the seller didn't know that was an issue. Or maybe the seller did and they, they forgot. Or, or maybe simply, um, you know, the, the buyer finding it out ahead of time could have caused them to be more comfortable with it than finding out after the fact and feel like, feeling like they were, you know, duped.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, we've said for a long time and either a buyer or a seller, I, I just don't ever imagine any situation ever that I would would waive a, a home inspection or had not have it done. I think it's for everybody's protection um, and and one should get done on every transaction that is out there. Unless maybe you're a home inspector yourself, right, or a general contractor yourself. Maybe it's the only time um, that that I would ever even think of of not having one done.
0: Yeah, no, no question about it. So, so, you, so home buyers waiving the appraisal contingency is another problem in this market. And again, a seller might look at this and say, "Hey, great, that's something I don't have to jump through. Uh, that means the the closing can happen more quickly. That means that um, you know that there's less of a risk of a fall through." Here's the problem with it, though. A lot of times, the buyers don't realize how much more over appraisal they're going. They don't realize how much more they're going to come out of pocket. And what ends up happening is deals get canceled and there's fall throughs. The buyer decides they don't want to move forward. They didn't really want to pay that much over what a house is worth. They didn't think the appraisal would come in that low. Yada, 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 yada. The list could go on and on and on. But the reality is that the appraisal is a protection that protects both sides. It allows the buyer to financially be able to handle it. It allows the seller to kind of know what's going on. Um, You know, there's good and bad on on both fronts when it comes to the appraisal. And waiving it can cause last-minute fall-throughs when the buyer has second thoughts about whether or not to move forward. Another thing a seller can do to kind of mitigate that is a seller can require proof that the buyer has the means to making up the difference. Um, Sometimes they don't do that. um, And then you have a last-minute fall-through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to add in there, if I can, is what I've seen a lot of people start doing, and it's a way to kind of protect yourself on this for both the buyer and sellers. They, they put that they will pay up to a certain amount correct. over yeah, that correct. it'll be there. And they make that a part of the contract and that way everybody gets protected.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. But, but you know, so again, it's, it does cause last minute fall throughs, right? Sometimes it's not as good as you might think as a home seller last, but not least Home buyers want to close the deal fast. They want to close the deal fast because they tell the, they tell the um, you know, the agents involved. There's multiple offers. They want to make it fast because they want it to be more advantageous financially to the seller. They want the seller to have that freedom. But a lot of sellers um, may not be able to find a home quick enough. They may accept this really fast closing offer because financially it looks like the right thing. It looks like um, you know, closing more quickly would put more money in the seller's pocket. It looks like closing more quickly rips the band-aid off and reduces risk. But what they're not factoring in is what if they can't find a house on the other side? So there's this pressure to get the deal done quickly because of a multiple offer, because it's a higher net to the seller. And then you run into what happens when the seller can't find their new home before moving out. And then they incur these extra expenses of moving more than once or getting in a rental and then having to move into their next home and having to incur costs for rental. So a lot of sellers are realizing that they can, they can, um, especially with the market the way it is include a contingency in their purchase agreement that gives them a window of time to find a house of their own and potentially push the closing back or put it on their own terms when the, uh, closing, um, happens too fast. I think, again, that's just the market of the moment. You can also look at rent-back agreements, lease-backs, where the seller stays and continues to lease-back the property for a period of time. But, Mike, those can be problematic on the lending front, too.
1: Right, yeah, because when you're buying a primary residence, one of the one of the the deals that you're signing when you sign there is that you you will occupy the residence within 60 days of closing. So you, while you can do a leaseback, it has to be you know for 60 days or less. Otherwise, it, it can be construed as not a a primary residence and whatnot. So you have a 60 day window when you can do it, um, but anything longer than that, um, you know, would fall out of uh, of being able to consider it a primary residence.
0: So, again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at The Duncan Duo Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, you name it. We're on it. Uh, make sure to follow us on all our socials. We've got some cool giveaways, um, lots of um, good content that we put out on socials. So, make sure to follow us again at uh, The Duncan Duo on all of the social channels. Uh, I mentioned before our 14 day guarantee. You've heard other companies in the marketplace offer longer guarantees. There's no one offering one quicker. Uh, We can get you an instant cash offer, get your home sold in 14 days guaranteed. Again, make sure to go to DuncanDuo.com for all of your uh, real estate needs and specifically if you uh, are looking to uh, sell your home. So Mike, one thing that I've noticed, um, you know, in addition to kind of this Um, You know, the expedience of the market, how hot it is, uh, multiple offers. People are getting super creative. Now, we've heard a lot of feedback about offer letters and offer videos, and there's this catch-22 about whether or not it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's a housing violation. But I'm starting to see people offering Tickets to sporting events in contracts yeah, in that I'm yeah. seeing I'm seeing people offering autographed items. I'm seeing people offering uh, free stuff at the business they own. Um, it's, it's really getting interesting to see some of the things. Um, I saw one that said uh, free Chick-fil-A for a year. Um, which I thought was hilarious. Like you're seeing all these additional terms because you know, now if, if maybe the offer letters are frowned upon, you're seeing home buyers getting creative and saying, Hey, look, maybe, maybe this could, maybe both of our offers are the same. Maybe my offer is the same as someone else's. And this is the way for me to win the deal is, you know, free Chick-fil-A for a year. So, you know what I think needs to happen though, Mike, I'm really disappointed. (laughs) You know what I think is disappointing about this whole thing? I mean, where's the free stuff for the agents? How about like, how about I get your house sold and get free Chick-fil-A for a year? Or how about my offer gets accepted? I'm going to buy my agent free Chick-fil-A for a year. You know, where, where's, the, where's the love for me? You know, I love right. myself well, Chick-fil-A. Well,
1: as you were saying that, I was, I, I haven't seen the Chick-fil-A one, but I was thinking of you and I, I was wondering if that was a house you were selling because that uh, certainly you would take that offer if someone was offering to buy you Chick-fil-A for a year. I,
0: that, that's a bonus <laughs> for me. Yeah. A, a free year of Chick-fil-A. I'm just going to be honest. That's going to be a lot of money. I eat there almost every I eat there almost every day. Somebody's gonna go broke. Somebody's somebody's paying some serious money. Um, you know, we're not, we're not talking in the hundreds. We're talking in the thousands. If you're talking about my Chick-fil-A bill. So nonetheless, uh, lots of creativity going on. I think agents are smart about it. I think they know that they've got to navigate through some, some, uh, challenging situations and, and they're just trying their best to be creative and make their offer stand out. But maybe that Maybe that sport ticket or that autographed item or so that cool factor thing that they throw into the additional terms to give the sellers what you know pushes their offer um, you know over the hump. So I expect that trend to continue, um, you know, no, no doubt about it. So again, uh, we're gonna be back talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market uh, after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan, and so Mike. National Association of Realtors came out with a report this week. Home purchases by international buyers and recent immigrants plummeted 33% from the previous year. 20 billion less spent on U.S. real estate from foreign buyers. Gee, I wonder why that is. Right. I mean, it's no secret that COVID is a big reason for that. Um, you know, the limitations on travel, the vaccination issues, the the mask That's issues. True. Um, you know, the, the, there's just a whole lot of reasons for it. And so I, I'm hopeful that that will start to trend back in another direction, but, but truthfully, we really don't need more home buyers right now. Um, you know, our market has plenty of that, but what I can say is that, you know, I think when we will start to see a slowdown in, um, you know, local, not just local purchases, but, but U S. Resident purchases, um, you know, I, I think the the foreign purchases will start to pick up some slack uh, within the next six months to a year, assuming again the Delta variant doesn't wipe out the whole population like uh, some news media has us <laughs> believing. So the but the the reality is, I expect some of that will continue. The international purchases are going to continue to be down, but Florida—that's a big hit, especially for Southern Florida. we in Tampa, we've never really been a huge uh foreign buyer market compared to other markets like Orlando and South Florida. Uh, we do get a lot of Canadian purchases. You know, they love their hockey and, you know, we're the best at that. So okay. they want to be here because Tampa Bay has the best hockey. So, you know, the, the, but, but the reality is that this trend is going to be down for a while. But I do think it'll start to pick up again in, in six months or so.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with the Delta variant, but I think that has a lot to do with deciding. I mean, you know, things have opened up. You are seeing people move about, uh, you know, the country and the world a little bit more. And I think once we get past whatever it is, whether Delta variant becomes, you know, a, a nothing or, or or something, once we get through that, you're right. A lot of people are going to still come and you're going to get the foreign buyers that are going to come back to this market without a doubt.
0: And here's the other thing, though. The, the They did some research on what types of properties are foreign buyers purchasing. And look, it's no different than the changes that have happened to American homebuyers and Floridian homebuyers. You're seeing fewer and fewer of them interested in high rise condos in big cities and more focused on single family homes in the burbs and in rural areas. Um, you know, this is, it's been a common thing in Tampa because when we do get foreign buyers, um, and, and a lot of Canadians, for example, you know what they don't show on TV every day in Canada, Mike? What's that? Sunshine and Rainbows. Right. <laughs> But you know what they show a lot of? Hurricane season. So Canadian buyers, when they come here, they think that, you know, there's a hurricane here every day, because they don't get the news about sunshine and rainbows. They only get it, they only see it on the news when there's a hurricane. So they're super conscientious about not buying in waterfront coastal areas when hurricane season's around. And sure, certainly it still happens, but you get a lot of them that are just you know, I want to buy out in you know Riverview and Brandon and Valrico because they see these, you know, news reports of you know reporters having umbrellas folding on them while they're walking right. on the beach <laughs> and the hurricane. You know, that's what they see, and they don't see sunshine and rainbows every day, so they don't realize that it may only be a few days a year that where we have a hurricane on the horizon. Um, they think it's more common than that. So, uh, foreign home buyers are definitely um, not purchasing nearly as much real estate, I suspect that will start to trend in a different direction. Um, but, but nonetheless in Tampa Bay, it's not made up such a, it's not made up a huge portion of our market like it does in South Florida and Orlando, where you see South Florida that has a lot of, um, you know, Latin America, South America, um, you know, a lot of home buyers, you know, moving and buying property there. And then in Orlando, you actually get a lot of, you know, our, our, um, our Asian brothers and sisters, you get, you know, China, uh, buying a lot of property in Orlando. Um, so, so, you know, Tampa just doesn't get either of those populations much. We get Canada, um, you know, which is, you know, again, I'm certainly, I'm certainly believing is influenced by our hockey team and our, Amazing, amazing uh, winning ways, despite us losing a few
1: players that I hated to lose this week. So yeah, it's, shout, it's been somewhat of a tough week with with yeah. some of the changes that have happened.
0: Major shout out to Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson. Um, you know, seeing uh, Blake Coleman, seeing some of those guys leave. You knew it had to happen because it was a, you know, it was a year where we were going to have a, you know, a an expansion draft. And you knew some of those guys were going to demand really large contracts because they're champions again and again, and and so it was sad to see some of those guys go. But then to see Braden Point get locked up long term right. and know that our core, like our core guys, our top nine players are safe, our you know our goal, our our best goalie in the league, our best defender in the league, you know Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, you know all these guys staying um, is a blessing. But you know we've got to have we've got to have those. You know, third line and some of those second line fringe guys step up and become better players to replace some guys that we lost. But uh, but I have a feeling we'll still keep our winning ways despite some of our, um, you know, kind of fan favorite guys that, that we lost this year.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, it was it was bound to happen. I think everybody knew it. Even the players knew it. They were talking about it um, to be there. But we do have the core. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to see for for years to come them uh, to be uh, contenders, if not continue to uh, bring home the cup each year.
0: Man, a three P. Let's do oh, a three P. Let's get the three P. So anyway, we're going to be back talking about uh, Tampa Bay's real estate statistics. After a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show, so we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan uh, here on WFLA News. And Mike, the real estate statistics for Tampa continue to amaze me each month because of the just the drastic transformation our real estate market has seen in the last few years. And I want to give you, um, I, I do hope that um, we start to see some inventory. Um, yeah, you know, but 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 it's hard to say. So just to give you a little bit of a snapshot, um. you know, we have a zero point seven months of inventory on the market. The average home is going under contract in 23 days. Um, there were three thousand nine hundred and seventy nine homes sold and the average sale price was three hundred and seventy five thousand eight hundred and sixty three dollars. And then on top of that, one hundred and one percent list to sell price ratio the first time. In my entire 15-year 15, real, 15 year real estate career, where it has been over 100%. Now, we've hit 100% the last couple of months. Right. So over 100% list of sell price ratio, meaning that on average, homes are selling for 1% above the asking price. Astronomically, uh, just in, insane to me.
1: Yeah, and, and for all the people out there, I'm starting to read more and more articles out there about how the market's shifting and everything else. I mean, these statistics are for June, and this is for Tampa Bay. It is not shifting here in Tampa. Matter of fact, if anything, no. it's gotten—I mean, the months of inventories ticked down a tenth, right? The, yeah. The, percentage you know went to uh, over 100% for the first time ever um that's going in there as long as we've been around that's you know tw- 20 plus years in this business um to be able to do it so so nothing is showing a slowdown i mean the statistics are nothing less than than mind boggling um yeah. that it continues and, and and i'm with you i mean i think a normal market is considered 6 months of inventory right yeah uh, and so it's a balanced so- market
0: yeah, that's a balanced market. So January of two thousand and nineteen, we had six months of inventory and eleven thousand nine hundred homes available for sale. Now we have zero point seven months of inventory and two thousand six hundred and forty one homes for sale. That's like one quarter, not less than one quarter of the available homes for sale than we had two and a half years ago. That's crazy. So again, just an astronomically different real estate market than we've ever seen. So let, let's give you some other comparisons. June of 2021, we had 3,979 homes sold in our market. June of 2020, 3,890, so an increase of only about 3%. But June of uh, 2019, uh, about a 13% increase in um, you know homes sold. 375,863 is the average sale price this June. 322 last year, a 16% increase in the average sales price on our market. That's some very considerable appreciation. Um, 98% list-to-sell price ratio a year ago, 101 today. So three points higher in favor of the seller on list-to-sell price ratio. 23 months of inventory compared to 59 a year ago. So again, that number's cut by more than half. Uh, A year ago, we had 6,700 homes for sale. Now we have 2,641. That's also cut by more than in half. So drastic changes in our real estate market. Now, are we seeing a shifting real estate market? Absolutely not. We're continuing to see a a crazy, insane seller's market with low inventory. I can say in my own business, I do feel like I'm starting to see more. I do think we're going to see an increase in inventory, not not something drastic. I'm not talking going from 0.7 to four months. I'm talking maybe 0.7 to one. Um, right. I'm seeing we are seeing more sellers deciding now is the right time to take advantage of the market and putting their homes on the market. We listed more homes in the last 10 day in a 10 day cycle uh, than we had in a 10 day cycle in the last several months. So we are seeing more sellers raising their hand. Now, that could just be because I'm an incredible marketer. <laughs> uh, it might not have anything to do with the market at all. It could just mean because I'm freaking awesome. But in reality, I also think that it's a combination of, of you know, my awesomeness. I'm not very vain, am I? <laughs> um, it's, it's a combination of just our marketing prowess, as well as, you know, some market norms and people coming back into the market. And I, I make jokes about it. But in reality, I don't think it's me. I think it's a market thing.
1: Yeah. And, and let's sure hope so. I mean, it, you know, getting a tick up in inventory would be very healthy for the market. And again, we're so, you know, January of, of, you know, 19, it was at six months and now we're at 0.7. I mean, it's so drastic in a matter of a couple of years, two and a half years to go that. And if we doubled, even if we tripled, we would still only be 33% the way there of what's considered right. a balanced market. Yep. And so there is, you know, so I I, I would be you know, in, of course, the headlines would all read, oh, you know, so much more inventory, it's tripled, that sort of thing. That would be so healthy for our marketplace, for both buyers and sellers um, to to be able to go there. And, and hopefully that happens. And
0: really, we have kind of seen almost like an explosion in the average sale price. If you look at from 17 to 18, uh, a little bit of a bump, but not a lot. 18 to 19, you know, pretty, you know, when you look at those years, there were increases in the average sale price, but you look and it's like some months it would go up, some months it would go down. The, 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 the increase was nominal. Now we're getting explosive growth, you know, in terms of, of, of home appreciation. I mean, we're seeing large swings, um, in, you know, short periods of time. I mean, so for example, from January of this year to June of this year, um, You know, I mean, it went the average sell price was 324 in January. It's 375. Now that's a big jump. You know, I mean, it's a really big jump. So comparable, you know, compared to other years, that jump wasn't nearly, um, wasn't nearly as large. And,
1: you know, and one of the reasons not- this is happening and you're seeing such a big jump is because the number of higher priced homes, right? Cuz this is an average sales I, price that goes up. Number yep. of higher priced homes are actually being sold and there's more transactions going on at that higher end, which is helping I, drive that average price up. Yeah,
0: and and I think builders builders, you know, realized that, you know a little while back, hey, we mo- we make more money on these higher priced homes. Let's build more right. of them. Right. Problem is that you know they they all focused on too much of that and now there isn't enough inventory in lower level price ranges and and that's that's a whole other conversation but right. you know, so you know what let's transition that sales of new homes slumped to the lowest level since the start of the pandemic high costs and low selection are to blame now. Um, I I think, again, you look at some of this was obviously COVID, some of it's material shortages, some of it's labor shortages, but I also think some of it is builders saying, you know what, instead of building a lot of 2,000 square, like let's put it this way, okay? When you're building a home, the square footage dictates how long it takes, okay? A 3,000 square foot home is going to take longer to build than a 2,000 square foot home. If you can only build so many homes, If you only have so much labor and you build 3,000 square foot homes, you're not going to be able to build as many of them. So builders, you know, the thing that doesn't get mentioned in the news and baffles me is everyone knows that builders started building higher priced, larger homes. But no one ever says, why did build, you know, no one ever blames that on the reason why we don't have enough homes available for sale. But when they decided to build 3,000 square foot homes instead of 2,000 square foot homes, guess what? They reduced the number of homes they could build because they couldn't they could you can't build 3000 square foot homes as quickly as you build 2000 square foot homes right absolutely so, so that that's a problem with what's going on builders started to see oh we make more money on these higher priced homes let's build more of those in essence in addition to labor shortage in addition to the government bureaucratic process of getting permits approved and people working from home and you know in addition to uh, materials labor um all these things builders said let's build bigger houses and, and by them making that choice, they they presumptively chose to build fewer homes. No one mentions that, but right. it's, it's a big part of what, what has happened. Builders are responsible for it because they said they made a choice. And look, it was their choice. They're, they're business owners. They have a choice that they can make that choice, but their choices to build bigger, nicer homes has contributed to the drop in inventory. So... Again, major home builders, you know, nationally traded home builders, you know, D.R. Horton, Lennar, Pulte, you can, you can run numbers and statistics to see they're building bigger homes. The choices they made to build bigger homes basically, you know, puts them in a position to build fewer homes. So not to, not trying to throw any <laughs> shade in I mean, it's a business decision, right? right? That's a decision they made. So, you know, ultimately, I think some of them are starting to backtrack and maybe there'll be a builder that steps into that space. Um, And and focuses on it more um, to to ease some of the inventory concerns. And certainly, I'm also hopeful that uh, home sellers, you know, retail traditional home sellers will start to put their homes on the market a little bit more than they have been.
1: Yeah, it's still so in the overall marketplace, the, the new home market is still a small percentage. I think it's about sixteen percent of the overall right. sales that happen. Yep. So it's it's not a large percentage of what's there, but it is certainly something we always pay attention to because it is the new trends, it's new things that are going on. So we're always going to look at and talk about it. But when you look at it as in the overall market, it it is a smaller percentage. So, you know, and we talk
0: about this a lot on the show, but the difference between national stats and local stats and how the sure. national stats you really shouldn't pay attention to. Much U.S. existing home sales rebound in June after four months of declines. Guess where we've not seen four months of home sales declines? Right, Tampa Bay, right back and here Florida, in Tampa and Florida, Bay. Yeah. and Florida because all the people moving here because of you know a variety of different reasons. So when you see that and you think, oh goodness, here it comes, here comes the downward spiral of the real estate market, maybe that's possible in uh, a northern market, but we're still seeing rises, existing home sale rises in in Florida. And 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 we're going to continue to see that.
1: Right. And the statistics that we went over, you know, earlier just bear that out, right? We just don't have enough inventory that that's going to be there. We have too many buyers. And so it's been the same narrative we've been talking about for, for well over, you know, a year and a half now, but it's, it's still there. And matter of fact, this year or this month, uh, in June, 2021, it actually went down to 0.7, which is the lowest level that we've seen it, um, you know, today. Yeah, no
0: doubt about it. So, well, anyway, um, you know, I, one of the things I want to talk about next, um, and, and this is a moving target. Look, mortgage rates fluctuate, right? But this past week, they dropped to a six-month low. So when we get back, I want to dig in and talk about that a little bit for consumers out there that maybe have been sitting on the fence for a refinance yep. or maybe have been sitting on the fence to buy and, and they're trying to decide what to lock in, what not to lock in. Um, you know, the, this, a six month low is, is a big deal that that's a, that's a prime time to, to jump on things when they've been trending in the opposite direction. There's a lot of, um, economic stuff that's happening. There's employment, there's inflation, there's material labor shortages, all these issues going on, um, that, that have, that cause interest rates to fluctuate. Uh, the, the stock market is another thing. So when they do drop to a six month low, it's the time to strike, but, but I want to talk a little bit about that data and we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about low mortgage rates after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And, um, you know, I tease this before we jump to the break, mortgage rates just dropped to a six month low. They're hovering in the low three high twos. You know, yep. the average is hitting 3.01 according to the mortgage bankers association. And because they dropped to a six month low, It creates a prime time opportunity for people that have been, you know, sitting on the fence with their buying power, deciding what to do because a drop in rates means people can afford more house, but also refinances, right? Mike, people that have been sitting on the sidelines debating whether or not they should do a refinance.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't done a refinance yet, you you need to call us. uh, Call us today. Um, to to get going with it because rates have dropped like Andrew had said to a six month low, creating um, you know more savings that you can get there and well. And in addition too, they also dropped the um, the FHFA Federal Housing Finance Agency dropped a 0.5 percent um, adverse market fee that they were charging on refinances that they put into place last year and that went out as well. So, you know, if you do a $300,000 loan, for example, that's $1500 less expensive that loan is than it was just 2 weeks ago. That coupled with the low mortgage interest rates, we're talking to a lot of people that now are calling us back up because they heard about it saw it in the news and be able to do it. So, you know, if you do have any questions or want to take a look at your situation, give us a call 813-377-2743. Eight one three three seven seven two seven four three, or go to crosscountrytampa.com.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, again, I I can't say enough great things about you guys and the job you do for our clients. Um, whether you're purchasing or refinancing, I, I give you guys my highest endorsement. You guys do an incredible job, and I think with the market where it is right now, um, and and the volatility, um, you know, the 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 one thing that I notice when when you're in a um, real estate market like this. With rates low and fees, you know, all these pressures on fees and costs, you will get companies out there that will promise you things online or on TV commercials that aren't local. You're talking to some person in some other country that's supposed to process (laughs) your mortgage loan. And um, and and you find out that what they promised you or what they tease you with doesn't end up being reality. Like you guys are super competitive, but you stand behind what you do and you actually get the job done efficiently. You close home loans like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands upon home loans, but yes. also with a local presence. That That's something that people forget about the importance of because um, they think they can find cheaper rates and fees that oftentimes are teasers that don't end up coming to fruition.
1: Yep, we do. And you're right. We have that that large national presence, but we're local. So that we can still know you, we know your name. We're in the same, you know, we go to shop at the same Publix you go to shop at. We're local here, and we're in the community, and that's something that's super, super important to us, especially here in Tampa Bay. Um, And you know, maybe I'm saying that because I'm here and everything else, but you know, we need to make sure that we stand behind, you know, our name's important to us, and right, my name personally is important to us. We got to make sure we're doing a good job for everybody out there. So it's really important. We are local. The office is right in Tampa near the airport. We have an office in St. Pete, so we're right here with you. We're not. you know, sitting in a, you know, a large call center somewhere in Detroit or somewhere else that's going to be there. We're right here, local in the community.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you like the, the, the 30 year fixed mortgage rate fell back to its lowest level, um, since February and the 15 year fixed set a record low. So I just, one thing that I want to tell people to think about, um, especially with rates as low as they are, man, you know, home equity and and appreciation and and you know using your home as a way to gain wealth is one of the greatest you know things that you can do. There's so many people that that have created massive wealth by investments in real estate. And and I really am an advocate for a 15-year mortgage. Yep. I, I think a lot of people, when you look at the rate difference, um, how much how much money you can save and how quickly you get your equity gain um, and pay off your house. I mean, I'm a firm believer, especially with rates as low as they are, that more and more people should really look at a 15-year fixed mortgage versus the 30-year.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I will throw in there too is, you know, some people say 15-year-old, my payment's going to go up too much and that sort of thing. We can also do any terms in there. We can do a 15, we can do a 20, 25. I mean, if somebody comes to us and says, hey, I want a 23 and a half year mortgage, I can do that for you. We can do it however you want so that you're not starting that, kind of starting that clock over. And we've seen a lot of people have come because rates have dropped back down where we're able to reduce their maybe to a 25 or even a 20 year term. And because the reduction of the interest rate, keep their payment the same um, or even lower than they were at a 30 year mortgage and cut several years of mortgage, you know, mortgage payments off that. And you start adding that up and some becoming tens of thousands of dollars of payments they just will never make. And it builds equity faster. And so you're building equity faster at the time appreciation rates are going up. So even if you're saying, well, I'm not going to be in my house for 25 years, I'm going to sell in the next five to seven years. Well, you still will gain equity faster.
0: Correct. Yeah. And When yeah,
1: you no go to sell pocket. Right. You're going to have more money in your pocket that's going to go for. So it just just makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just think more and more people, if they looked at the rate difference and how much money it would save them and how quickly they would pay their things off, I think they'd be surprised at how often it makes sense to do a a 15 year versus a 30 year. So, um, you know, no doubt about it in my mind is it's a no brainer. So. um, So, again, no doubt a time to look at this stuff. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. We're here every Sunday when we aren't on there at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, follow us on socials, always giving away cool things. We're going to have a lightning and Duncan Duo co-branded championship shirt that we're going to awesome. be giving away on social and some of our clients. And, uh, so make sure to follow us and we hope you have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay.